ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so the next chapter now that we are on in Kitab al-Tawheed is the chapter Bab Tafsir al-Tawheed wa shahadati an la ilaha illallah. The chapter regarding the explanation of Tawheed and the testimony of la ilaha illallah. This particular chapter now, it is about explaining the meaning of Tawheed هذا الباب في تفسير هذه الكلمة وبيان معناها لأن الذي يدعو إلى شيء يطلب من الناس أن يفعلوه فلا بد أن يبينه لهم ويوضحه لهم توضيحا تاما ولا يكتفي بمجرد أن يقول للناس يقولوا لا إله إلا الله So the person who is giving da'wah to tawheed then he is required to explain to the people what this tawheed is it is not sufficient for a person to simply say to everyone that you must be upon Tawheed and you must enter into Islam. If he is telling that to the people and calling the people to this, giving them da'wah to this, then he must be able to clarify that to them, make that clear to them, explain to them what Tawheed is, and make that apparent to them. It is not enough for him to simply say to the people, you must say La ilaha illallah or that you must enter into Islam. Rather, this person who is giving the da'wah, he needs to clarify to them what the meaning of La ilaha illallah is. He needs to clarify to them what the meaning of Tawheed is, in order that the people then understand what he is requesting of them. وَأَنْ يُبَيِّنَ لَهُمْ مَعَنَ الْإِسْلَامَ الَّذِي يَدْعُوهُمْ And that he must clarify to them the meaning of Islam, that he is calling them to, وَلَا بُدَّ مَعَ ذَلِكَ أَنْ يُبَيِّنَ لَهُمْ يُنَاقِضُ الْإِسْلَامِ And he must also clarify to them whatever opposes Islam. وَمَا يُنَاقِضُ لَا إِلَهِ اللَّهِ And that which opposes and nullifies the shahada مِنْ أَنْوَاعِ الرِّدَّةِ وَأَنْوَاعِ الشِّرْكِ حَتَّى تَكُونَ دَعْوَتُهُ مُفْمِرَةِ So he explains to the people that which opposes the tawheed also from the various types of shirk from the various types of apostasy, so that his da'wah then, it becomes fruitful. Because he explains to them what tawheed is, he explains to them what the meaning of la ilaha illallah is, he explains to them that which opposes this tawheed, explains to them the affairs of shirk, so that his da'wah is a complete da'wah. And the people who he is calling, they have an understanding of what he is calling them to. So this will cause his da'wah to be fruitful. And the people will benefit from his da'wah. As for an individual who is unable and does not clarify any of these affairs, he is unable to clarify the reality of la ilaha illallah, he is unable to clarify to them that which opposes and nullifies the tawheed from the various forms of shirk, then that very general type of da'wah that he gives without clarification of these affairs, then that is not sufficient. 
Sheikh Al-Fawzan, he says that is not sufficient. Rather, when you are calling to Tawheed, then you must call to it with detail. Meaning that you must explain to the people what the reality of this Tawheed is. If you're giving da'wah, then you must explain to them what the meaning of La ilaha illallah is. What the basis and the foundation of the religion is. It is not enough to simply say to the people, you must say La ilaha illallah. And you do not explain to them the meaning behind that and what is required of that. And you do not explain to them what shirk is that opposes that. That is not sufficient. الشيخ الفوزاني says وكثير من الذين يتسمون بالدعوة في هذه الأيام من الجماعات أو الأفراد أكثرهم لا يعرفون معنى لا إله إلا الله على الحقيقة he says many of the people nowadays who are going out there in the name of da'wah from the various groups and from the various individuals many of them do not know the meaning of La ilaha illallah in reality. They do not know the details of this affair. And they do not know the meaning of Islam in reality. And they do not know that which nullifies Islam in reality. And that which nullifies the two testifications, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadun Rasulullah. وَإِنَّمَا يَدْعُونَ إِلَى شَيْءٍ مُجْبَلٍ Rather, all they do is call the people to something very general. They call the people to something very general. وَرُبَّمَا أَنَّ بَعْضَهُمْ يَفْهَمُ هَذَا وَلَكِنْ لَا يُحِبُّ أَنْ يُبَيَّنَ لِلنَّاسِ هَذِي الْأَشْيَاءَ لِأَنَّهُمْ بِزَعْمِهِ يَنْفُرُونَ مِنْهِ But some of these so-called du'at, some of these so-called Scholars, and they are not in reality. They do not wish to speak to the people with regards to the details of Tawheed. Because in their false claim, they believe that this detail regarding Tawheed, it will cause the people to run away from you. That's what they believe, some of them. That if you start detailing to them the reality of Tawheed, and as a consequence, then it becomes clear to them, that calling upon the deceased, calling upon the prophets, uh, calling upon these so-called awliya of theirs, all of these are actions that are impermissible, and explaining to them the other affairs of Tawheed in terms of the names and attributes and so on and so forth. If you explain all of these affairs to them, then some of these people, they claim falsely that this will cause the people to split and to run away from you. The reality is the opposite. As Shaykh al-Fawzani says, if the aqidah and the tawheed is not going to unite the people, then what is going to unite the people? You say that calling to tawheed is going to cause the people to run away? Then what is going to cause the people to come to you and unite? There is only unity upon tawheed. There is only unity upon the correct aqidah. So it is a nonsense from the likes of the ikhwan al-Muslimin and their uh, affiliates when they call to all types of other affairs, and they do not call to Tawheed, the Jama'at al-Tabliq, and whomsoever they may be, then rarely, if at all, do you see them making any focus on Tawheed, or clarification of it, or detailing of it. Since they believe this will cause some of the people to flee from us, who do not accept the correct Tawheed. Rather, Ahl-Sunnah, we say, that this is what is obligatory upon you. 
This is the foundation of the da'wah. And we've already now covered some of the narrations regarding that. With the hadith of Ali radiallahu anhu, for example, that we did, the Prophet ﷺ said to him, Ud'uhum ila al-Islam, call them to Islam, i.e. the tawheed al-istislam, submitting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon tawheed. And in the other hadith of Mu'adh radiallahu anhu, Ud'uhum ila al-Islam, wa'akhbirhum bima yajibu alayhim min haqqi Allah ta'ala afiyyih. Call them to Islam and tell them what is binding upon them with regards to the right of Allah upon them. Or rather, that is the hadith of Ali also. That call them to Islam and tell them of what is binding upon them with regards to the right of Allah upon them. And in the hadith of Mu'adh, the Prophet ﷺ had said, فَلْيَكُنْ أَوَّلُ مَا تَدْعُوهُمْ إِلَيْهِ شَهَادَةَ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Make sure the first thing that you call them to is the shahada of an la ilaha illallah. So we know that this is the basis of the call. This is the foundation of the da'wah. And this is what the person he calls to and details to the people. Clarifies to them what la ilaha illallah is. And details to them the affairs of shirk that oppose and nullify la ilaha illallah. In order that the da'wah he gives them is the da'wah to the pure tawheed to the basis and the foundation of this religion. The first ayah that the Shaykh he quotes in this particular chapter, Shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, rahimahullah ta'ala, Qawlullahi ta'ala, Ula'ika al-lazina yad'una, yabtaguna ila rabbihum al-wasilah, ayyuhum aqrab. That those who they call upon, they themselves are seeking a means to Allah who can become close to Allah. This ayah is now saying that those people who others are calling upon, for example the angels, some of the people they call upon the angels, or some of the people they call upon the prophets, or some of the people they call upon other righteous awliya. Those people, the prophets, the angels, the awliya, whomsoever they may be, that others are calling upon them to help them. They themselves, them themselves, are seeking a means to closeness to Allah. Let alone all these other people, making dua to them, asking them to get them closer to Allah, they themselves are seeking to worship Allah and to obey Allah, for themselves to find closeness to Allah. So this indicates in this ayah, that it is not correct for you to call upon them, asking them to bring you closer to Allah, asking them to take your dua to Allah, when they themselves are in a state of uh, desiring to gain closeness to Allah, through their obedience and their worship, so it is not befitting to call upon them. They are not the ones whom Allah has commanded us to make dua to. They themselves are seeking obedience and worship to Allah to become closer to Allah. This ayah, some of the scholars, they say, that it was revealed with regards to Isa alayhi salam and his mother. Some of the scholars, they say that this ayah was revealed, many of them in fact they say, that this ayah was revealed with regards to Isa alayhi salam and his mother and Uzair. 
So the meaning of it upon that basis would be that these people are calling upon Isa alayhi salam, Jesus as they say. And they are calling upon Mary as they say. Yet Jesus and Mary, Isa alayhi salam and Maryam alayhi salam, they themselves are servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They themselves are obeying Allah. They themselves are upon the worship and obedience, seeking closeness to Allah for themselves. Let alone other people making dua to them, asking them to help them. They themselves are servants of Allah. That's why it says that on the day of judgment, in the Quran it mentions, Allah will say to Isa alayhi salam, أَأَنْتَ قُلْتَ لِلنَّاسِ اتَّخِذُونِي وَأُمِّيَ إِلَهَيْنِ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ Did you say to the people, take me and my mother as two gods besides Allah? Allah will say to Isa alayhi salam, Did you say to the people, take you and your mother as two gods besides Allah? He will say, Subhanaka. Glory be to you, may you be removed from any deficiency. I would not say something that I do not have the right to say. So Isa alayhi salam will declare his innocence of all of this falsehood that the people have associated to him in terms of their worship to him. He will declare his innocence of all of that. So this ayah upon that tafsir indicates that they are calling upon Isa alayhi salam, they are calling upon his mother, yet Isa alayhi salam and his mother are servants of Allah who themselves are worshipping and obeying Allah, seeking closeness to Allah for themselves, let alone for the others to ask them to get them closer. And some of the scholars have said that the tafsir of this ayah, it does not specifically have to be just Isa alayhi salam and his mother, but generally speaking, the angels that they call upon, the other awliya that they call upon, the prophets and messengers that they call upon, all of those prophets and messengers and the awliya, etc., they are in the obedience of Allah, worshipping Allah, seeking closeness to, for themselves, seeking for themselves to gain closeness to Allah, let alone to be in a position that they will take the dua of others to Allah. So this shows that it is something incorrect, to making dua, to be making dua to anybody else besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to put your trust or your dependence or your reliance in anyone else besides Allah, asking others to take your dua to Allah. Because some of these people, they say, some of these misguided individuals, they say that we have committed so many sins. If we make dua to Allah, how will our dua be answered? We have committed so many sins and we have done so much wrong and we don't even practice and we don't do anything. If we make dua to Allah, how will our dua be answered? So instead what we need to do is go to the graves of these big awliya as they claim. Go to their graves, make dua to them and ask them to take your dua and to take your situation up to Allah. Then maybe Allah will accept and make your situation better because this righteous person is taking your dua to Allah for you. This is the type of nonsense that they bring. This is the type of misguidance that they have. Shaitan has whispered to them, you are too much of a sinner. You cannot make repentance. You cannot seek forgiveness. You cannot make dua. Go to the righteous people in the graves, the pious ones. They'll take your dua to Allah. So that's what they believe. They say, we are sinners. We are too bad in our deeds. We need to ask the righteous ones to take our dua to Allah for it to be answered. 
So the shaitan causes them to fall into this error, to fall into this misguidance. Uh, then, أُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ يَدْعُونَ يَبْتَغُونَ إِلَىٰ رَبِّهِمُ الْوَسِيلَةِ أَيُّهُمْ أَقْرَبٍ Another tafsir of this ayah says that this ayah is regarding a group of jinn. And some of the people, some of the people, they used to worship this group of jinn. And this group of jinn were not Muslims. And some of the people used to call upon them and do various affairs with the jinn. So the jinn were in authority over these people. These people were calling upon these jinn. Then it mentions that this group of jinn, they accepted Islam and they became Muslims. The group of jinn accepted Islam and they became Muslims. Yet these mushrikeen, the people, they carried on calling upon the jinn. Even though the jinn now, they were Muslims and they were innocent of this now. Muslims that accepted Islam, but the people, they carried on calling upon them. So then the scholars, they say this ayah was revealed, that those whom you are calling upon besides Allah, they themselves are worshipping Allah and obeying Allah, seeking closeness to Allah, let alone doing it on your behalf. They themselves are now Muslims, they are worshipping Allah, obeying Allah, seeking closeness. And they are not doing it on your behalf or anybody else's behalf. This act of yours is therefore incorrect and false. That you ask others and you uh, seek from others the dua and the supplication to be taken to Allah, etc. Then after that it mentions that there is an issue here. This ayah it says that those whom they are calling upon, they themselves are seeking a wasila to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Some of the people of innovation, they come and they use this ayah, and they say to you, actually this ayah is a proof that you can go to other people. It's a proof that you can go to the deceased and you can go to the awliya. Why? Because they say the ayah says, those people who you are calling upon, they are seeking a wasila to Allah. They say that's what we are doing. We are seeking a wasila, an intermediary. A means between us and Allah. However, the scholars have explained, this particular ayah, the word wasila, does not mean intermediary. It does not mean that you have an intermediary between yourself and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It means the obedience and the worship. What is the means to connect you to Allah? Obedience and worship to Allah. Sincerity. Obedience, worship, that is what will connect you to Allah. That is the means. The means is not going and asking somebody else in the grave who is dead to take your dua to Allah. That is falsehood. The ayah when it says that they are seeking a wasila, the wasila as the scholars have explained is obedience and worship. That is the wasila between you and Allah. That is what will connect you to Allah. That is what connects your heart to Allah. The wasila is your sincerity and obedience and worship. That is the meaning of this ayah, not as they falsely claim that the wasila, it is seeking intermediaries, it is seeking people to aid you and to help you and to take your dua to Allah. So the shaykh says, بَيَّنَا سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَىٰ أَنَّ هَؤُلَاءِ الَّذِينَ تَدْعُونَهُمْ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ أَنَّهُمْ عُبَادٌ لِلَّهِ So Allah clarified to them, to these mushrikeen, 
that these people who you are calling upon, they themselves are servants of Allah. These people you are calling upon, they themselves are servants of Allah. Whom bi anfusihim Allah. They themselves, for themselves, are making dua to Allah. Are they going to take yours? They themselves are making dua for themselves to Allah. They themselves are in need of Allah. Yarjuna rahmatahu wa yakhafuna adaba. As the ayah says, وَيَرْجُونَ رَحْمَتَهُ وَيَخَافُونَ عَذَابَهُ That they are hoping for the mercy of Allah and they fear the punishment of Allah. Who does? These ones that these others are calling upon. They themselves are hoping for the mercy of Allah on them and they fear the punishment of Allah on them. So how are these people calling upon them? They themselves are servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fearing the punishment of Allah and hoping for the mercy of Allah. Falmalaika. So the angels. Wa Isa alayhi salam ummuh. Isa alayhi salam and his mother. Uzair. Kullu salihin. All the righteous people. Wal awliya. Bihadihi al mathabah. Kulluhum yabitaguna ila rabbihim al wasila. All of them. The angels. Isa alayhi salam his mother. Uzair. All of the righteous people. The awliya. All of them are upon this rank. All of them are upon this status. That they themselves are servants of Allah, making dua for themselves, seeking the mercy of Allah and fearing the punishment of Allah. They themselves are doing that for themselves, let alone for other people on their behalf. فَالْوَسِيلَ مَعَنَاهَا فِي الْأَصْلِ أَسْسَبَبَ الَّذِي وَسِّلُوا إِلَى الْمَقْصُودِ Wasila in the Arabic language, it means something which will get you to your objective. They interpret that as an intermediary. That this righteous person make dua to him, he will get your dua to Allah. The correct understanding of this, something which will get you to your purpose, is of course from the evidences of the Quran and the Sunnah, obedience and worship. Obedience and worship to Allah is what will get you to your objective. Will get you to the mercy of Allah and to the entering of paradise. Another one of the refutations of people who think that you need to take intermediaries to get your dua to Allah. Another refutation of them can be to say that if you believe you are too much of a sinner, you are too much, uh, uh, too much evil in your actions, etc. So you need to go to the pious and the righteous people and they will take your dua to Allah. Somebody who believes that you need to make this intermediary for your dua to go to Allah is actually believing a deficiency in Allah. Because that person is now comparing Allah to creation. In creation, if you need to go to the president of the country, the prime minister of the country, the king of the country, you can't just write an email to his account. You can't send him a text message directly. You need to go through the secretary, you need to write a letter to his office, then they'll send it on to the other secretary, other secretary, maybe 10 people before, maybe he picks one random one out and reads it himself. So they say, look, you can't get to the top people until you go through other people. You can't send a letter directly to the house of the king of the country. It will go to his office, it will go to another office, to another secretary, and then eventually maybe a few of those letters from all of those people will get to him. 
They say the same thing with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You cannot get to Allah directly. Who are you to get to Allah directly, they say. You need to go through these other people, these righteous people, these intermediaries who will take you to Allah. Just like in this world now, you can't get to the top person by yourself. Who are you? You need to go through these secretaries and the officers and everybody. But by having this idea in your mind, you are comparing Allah to creation. You are comparing Allah to creation. In creation, one of the reasons why that happens is because of the weakness of creation. Even if the king of a country said, I will personally receive everybody's correspondences. Let's say a, a king of a particular country said, I will, forget everybody else, all these officers, secretaries, I'll personally take all of your correspondences. Here is the address, these letters come personally to my room, I'm the one who opens them all. He wouldn't even be able to physically do that. He wouldn't even be able to physically do that. He has a country with 30 million people in it. How is he going to read all of their posts every day? He would never get through the letters. So from the weakness of creation, they are not able to even do that. So from that weakness, they require to have these secretaries and these officers. So all the letters, they come, they sieve through them, they look through them, the really important ones, they pass them on. And then eventually the few important ones, he can read them. Otherwise, if you try to read everything, it would actually be impossible for him to do it anyway. So that shows you the weakness of creation. They can't even do that. They can't even listen to everybody at once. They can't listen and take all of their correspondences. Is that the case with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Of course not. That is ascribing deficiency to Allah if you claim that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hears every single person. Whomsoever is making dua to him. In whatever language that person is making dua to him. That is heard by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's mentioned in the hadith, لَوْ أَنَّ أَوَّلَكُمْ وَآخِرَكُمْ وَإِنسَكُمْ وَجِنَّكُمْ كَانُوا عَلَى سَعِيدٍ وَاحِدٍ If all of the people from the beginning to the end, the jinn and the humans were upon one field, and everybody made dua to Allah for whatever they made dua for, then Allah could answer the dua of all of them. Here's the dua of all of them. There is no need for any intermediary, there is no need for to go through some middle person to go through the righteous awliya as they claim. Allah says in the Quran, وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبًا I am close. أُجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّعِيذَ دَعَانَ I answer the call of the one who calls upon me. In the hadith where it mentions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends to the lowest heaven in the last third of the night. And he says, مَنْ يَسْتَغْفِرُنِي فَأَغْفِرَ لَهُ who is seeking my forgiveness? I will forgive them. Not who is seeking the forgiveness via this person and that person when it comes to me. Who is seeking my forgiveness? Making dua to Allah directly. Who is asking me, man yas'aluni fa'atiyah? And I will give it to them. Who is asking me and I will give it to them? Who is seeking my forgiveness and I will give it to them? Who is making dua to me and I will answer to them? So this dua, it is made to Allah directly and the worship is to Allah directly. Not through these intermediaries or saying you have to go to the awliya in their graves or you have to go through the Prophet ﷺ. This is not the way that has been taught to us in the Quran and the Sunnah. As Shaykh Al-Fawzan says, or rather firstly in the Quran Allah mentions, وَيَعْبُدُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ مَا لَا يَضُرُّهُمْ وَلَا يَنْفَعُهُمْ وَيَقُولُونَ هَؤُلَاءِ شُفَعَاؤُنَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ Allah refutes these people who commit this type of shirk and says, they worship besides Allah, 
that which cannot harm them nor benefit them. These other things, whatever they are, they cannot harm these people, they cannot benefit these people. Yet these people go and worship them besides Allah and they say, these are our intercessors. They will intercede for us, they will be the intermediaries between us and Allah. They will take our dua to Allah. And Allah rebukes that in the Qur'an. Al-Shaykh Al-Fawzan then says, هذا شرك الأولين وشرك أهل هذا الزمان باتخاذ الوسائط شفعاء وشفعاء. He says this type of shirk is the shirk of the early people and the shirk of the people of our time now. The shirk of the early people and the shirk of the people of our time now that they do this exact same thing, where they say we are taking intermediaries between ourselves and Allah. So when you say to them, why do you go to the grave and make dua to this person? They say, we're not worshipping the person. They say, we're not worshipping the person, we're not committing shirk. But all we are doing is asking him to take our dua to Allah. So our dua, we're making it to Allah. They say, our dua, we're making it to Allah. We're not asking this person to give us anything. We're not asking him to answer our dua. We're just asking him to take it to Allah for us. Intermediary. So they say, there's no shirk. How am I committing shirk? They say, my dua is not to the person. I'm not asking him to answer my dua. I'm asking Allah to answer my dua. But this person is just going to take it for me. He's going to raise my dua to Allah because he's a pious person. Ask for actually who's going to answer it and who am I asking? That's Allah. So they say, I'm not committing any shirk. And this is their mistake. This is their mistake. And this mistake of theirs is the same as what the mushrikeen were doing at that time. The same thing, saying that these idols are just intermediaries. They are intercessors between us and Allah. And that is falsehood. That is falsehood to take this type of intercession, to take these type of intermediaries. The Shaykh says, Making dua to Allah, Babullahi maftuh fil-layli wal-nahar. That door to making dua, seeking forgiveness, seeking repentance, that is open to you day and night. Make dua to Allah day and night whenever. That is open to you at all times. La yaghibu wa la yakhfa alayhi shay. Nothing is hidden from Allah and nothing will uh, be absent. Nothing will be missed. All of that is heard by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah is aware of all of that. فَهَذِهِ الْآيَةَ فِيهَا أَنَّ مِنْ مَعْنَ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ So what is the purpose of this then? Why did we discuss that topic there? What is the purpose of all of that? Remember the chapter heading was an explanation of La ilaha illallah. How is that an explanation of La ilaha illallah? Because it tells you from the meaning of La ilaha illallah is that all of your worship is directed to Allah alone, and it is impermissible to direct any aspect of your worship to other than Allah, even with these claims that this is just intercession, our worship is to Allah, He's the one we're asking for the dua, this is just intermediary, all those claims, whatever they may be, you are now directing your worship, your dua, to others besides Allah, even if you say it's just intercession and intermediary, for them to take it up. So this indicates to you that from the meaning of La ilaha illallah is that you cannot make dua to anyone else besides Allah. And that you cannot take intermediaries and intercessors between yourself and Allah.
فمن اتخذ بينه وبين الله واسطة فقد أخل بمعنى لا إله إلا الله so whomsoever takes an intermediary takes an intercession a means between himself and Allah through these other people and awliya as they claim then that person has indeed uh, made a deficiency an error a shortcoming in his la ilaha illallah in the tawheed that is a breakage now in the tawheed the one who performs these types of actions so it indicates that it is not permissible to make dua to others besides Allah or to seek closeness to anyone else besides Allah. ولا تصرف لأحد من خلقه بحجة أنه واسط بين العبد وبين ربه. And it is not given to anybody else besides Allah subhanahu wa taala with the evidence or the proof that this person is only a means between us and Allah. You cannot use that type of debate or argument. لِأَنَّ اللَّهَ لَيْسَ بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَ عِبَادِهِ وَاسِطًا مِنْ هَذَا النَّرُ Because there is no middleman or intermediary between Allah and His creation of this type. We've not been told anywhere in the Qur'an and the Sunnah to perform this action. Go to the righteous people and tell them and they'll take your dua to Allah. Go to the righteous people and make them the intermediary and they'll bring up your affairs to me. That is not something prescribed at all. So that would be in complete opposition to the affair of Tawheed. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned that there is one type of intermediary. If you reject it, then you have committed kufr. And there is another type of intermediary. If you accept it, you have committed kufr. There is one type of intermediary. If you reject it, you've committed kufr. And there's another type of intermediary. If you accept that one, you've committed kufr. So what's the one that if you reject it, you have committed kufr? Which intermediary? Not intercession, intermediary as a person. Who are the people, the intermediaries that we cannot reject? They are indeed intermediaries from a particular perspective. The prophets and the messengers. The prophets and the messengers. They are an intermediary how? Because the revelation, the revelation, did Allah give every single person the revelation independently? How did the revelation come? Through the selected prophets and messengers who then came and taught everyone. The revelation itself, it didn't come directly to all of us. Jibreel didn't come to every single person with the Quran, etc. He came to Prophet Muhammad He then taught all of the people separately and everybody. So the prophets and messengers are an intermediary from that angle, from the angle of the revelation coming to us. Because the revelation came through the prophets and the messengers. It did not come to all of us directly one by one. It came to those selected individuals, the prophets and messengers, then they passed it on. So they are an intermediary from that angle. That doesn't mean in any way that we can then swap that around and say the opposite way as well, then we'll make them intermediaries for ourselves and give them the dua to take to Allah. It doesn't work that way around. It only works as Allah did it. That He sent the revelation with Jibreel through to the prophets and they sent it to us or they taught us. But the opposite, we do not send our things to the prophets. We do not send our duas to the prophets and ask them to take it to Allah. That opposite way is falsehood which you have invented yourselves. So now... 
that intermediary in that aspect of the revelation coming through the prophets and messengers is correct. That one, if you reject it, you've committed kufr. I.e., if you reject the prophets and messengers, that's kufr. The other type of intermediary, if you accept it, you've committed kufr. And that is what we've been talking about now. If you believe that there are intermediaries who can take your affairs to Allah, and these pious people and the prophets and the angels, if you believe they will take your affairs to Allah, you can direct your dua to them, then that is a type of intermediary. If you accept it, that's kufr. So accepting this type is kufr, but rejecting the other type would be kufr too. You don't reject the other one, you believe and accept that the prophets and messengers were given the revelation, and then they taught the people. But you do not believe in this false type of intermediary that the people have devised for themselves, which is making dua to these people and those people then taking the dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The next ayah, وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ لِأَبِيهِ وَقَوْمِهِ إِنَّنِي بَرَآءٌ مِّمَّا تَعْبُدُونَ إِلَّا الَّذِي فَطَرَنِي In this ayah now, Ibrahim alayhi salam, Ibrahim alayhi salam, the second best messenger from all of the prophets and messengers, Al-Khalil, the most beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has been mentioned in the Quran on numerous occasions, multiple occasions, and Allah praises Ibrahim alayhi salam in the Quran, and orders us to follow Ibrahim alayhi salam, and that Ibrahim alayhi salam is the father of the prophets, Abu al-Anbiya, and Allah took him as a khalil, and Allah made him as an imam for the people to follow. With regards to Ibrahim alayhi salam, then it is noted that all of the prophets, all of the prophets who came after Ibrahim alayhi salam, they came from the descendants of Ibrahim alayhi salam. All of the prophets who came after Ibrahim alayhi salam, they came from the descendants of Ibrahim alayhi salam. So the prophets of Bani Israel, they were from the descendants of Ishaq. And the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu was from the descendants of Ismail. And they were both from Ibrahim alayhi salam. So all of the prophets, they came from Ibrahim alayhi salam in that way, in the descendancy. And that's why he is known as Abu al-Anbiya, the father of the prophets. In this ayah it says that he says to his father, وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ لِأَبِيهِ Ibrahim alayhi salam said to his father. So he began with his own father. وَقَوْمِهِ And to his people. The people who used to worship the stars at that time. They used to worship the stars and the moon. And their king at that time was known as... Hmm. Namrut. So their king at that time, known as Namrut. And this was the individual... Where it is mentioned in the Quran, Alam Tara Ibrahim Have you not seen the one who debated with Ibrahim regarding his Lord? He debated and he refused to accept that there was a God, a Lord, a Rabb besides him. And Mulk. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given Namrud kingdom. He had been given kingdom and power, so he became arrogant. And instead of thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this kingdom and this power that Namrud had been given, instead he became arrogant and he began to say 
إذ قال إبراهيم ربي الذي يحيي ويميت قال أنا أحيي وأميت إبراهيم عليه السلام ستهم that it is Allah who gives life and death Namrud he said I give life and death in this arrogance and this rejection he said I can give life and death meaning that he were at power so he could bring two people he could bring two people into his room he was this big powerful king and he could say him kill him take his head off him let him live he would say look I give life and I give death to the people so he would say this from this arrogance of his بمعنى أن يقتل من شاء ويترك من شاء فأراد إبراهيم أن يأتي بأمر لا يمكنه أن يغالط فيه so then Ibrahim wanted to show him something that this person could not contend with at all that was a false argument in the first place look I left this one live and I killed that one I can give life and death so Ibrahim then wanted to show him something that he couldn't even bring any false argument in completely finish off his debate so then Ibrahim mentioned قال Ibrahim فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ يَأْتِي بِالشَّمْسِ مِنَ الْمَشْرِقِ فَأْتِي بِهَا مِنَ الْمَغْرِبِ فَبُهِتَ الَّذِي كَذَرَ Ibrahim alayhi salam then said to him, okay, my Lord brings the sun from the east. It rises from the east and it goes down in the west. He said to him, you then in that case, you consider yourself to be of this status. My Lord brings the sun up from the east, you then bring it up from the west. Let's see your power then. My Lord brings the sun up from the east, let's see you bring it up from the west. So he was left bamboozled. He was left in a state where he had no response. Of course he is unable completely to do anything of that nature. So he was unable to give any response to that. He was unable to provide any debate or argumentation to that. So Ibrahim salam said to all of these people, I am innocent of that which you worship. I am innocent and free and separated from that which you worship. And that was talking about all of their false deities, the idols, the stars, all of those affairs that they used to worship. Uh, that I am innocent, from all of these different types of things that you worship. And then Ibrahim said, إِلَّا الَّذِي فَطَرَنِي As the Quran, as the ayah says, إِلَّا الَّذِي فَطَرَنِي That I am innocent of all of these that you worship, except for the one who created me. The one who created me. Why did Ibrahim say, I am innocent of all of these things that you are worshipping, except for the one who created me? i.e. I only worship Allah, the one who created me. Why is it not just accept Allah? إِلَّا Allah. Why? إِلَّا الَّذِي فَطَرَنِي Why did Ibrahim not just say that I don't worship any of your idols, I only worship Allah? Why did he use the phrase, I only worship the one who created me? Because that was an additional refutation of all of them. All of these other deities or so-called deities they were worshipping, do any of them have the ability to create? None of them. The stars do not create for them, the idols do not create for them. None of their idols or deities had any ability to create anything. So Ibrahim gave them this refutation as well. He said, I only worship the one who created me. Your statues and idols and deities do not create anything. It is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who created the heavens and the earth. 
It is Allah who creates us and gives us life and death. So he used this phrase to again refute them. Allah is the one who creates. He is the creator. He is the Lord. As for these deities of yours, I do not worship any of them. They do not have any ability to create or otherwise. So that was again a refutation of Ibrahim upon them. Uh, How is this relevant to what we're talking about? The explanation of La ilaha illallah. Because also from the meaning of La ilaha illallah is that you declare your innocence from shirk. And from the people of shirk. That you declare your innocence of them as Ibrahim salam did. Not that you claim to be a person of tawheed, but at the same time you love shirk, or that you love the people of shirk. That cannot be correct. Rather you declare your innocence of that, as Ibrahim salam did. And that is from the meanings of the purification of your tawheed. That's where we'll leave it today, and next week we'll carry on regarding... The ayah in the Quran, اتخذوا أحبارهم ورهبانهم أرباب من دون الله. That they took their rabbis and their priests as gods besides Allah. And one of the companions, Adi ibn Abi Hatim, or Adi ibn Hatim, al-Ta'i, he used to be a Christian. So he said to the Prophet ﷺ, but we never used to take them as gods. He used to be a Christian before. He said, we never used to take them as gods. He didn't understand what the meaning of this ayah was, that they took their rabbis and their priests as gods besides Allah. So then the Prophet ﷺ explained to him what that means. And inshallah, that's what we'll do next week. We'll explain from that point uh, in next week's session, which will be straight after the Maghrib prayer once again. So approximately 7.55 p.m., 8 p.m., straight after the Maghrib prayer, we'll start the lesson again next week, inshallah. وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين